In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. And if you're listening to this today, you're one of our heroes, man. You're getting it done in the arena, in the stress bubble of life. And guys, we salute you. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with my brother from another mother and co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? Doing well. Man, I'm doing good, too. Looking out at the hazy skies of the fires burning through our state. It's brutal. But hey, life goes on. And you know what? I, I was telling my wife this other day. I think one of the strengths in my life as I've looked back over my 54 years of marriage and or 54 years of life is I adjust. And you're, you and I connect with that because you and I are, adju- we adjust. If something goes bad, we go, okay, let's adjust and move on. We're not the people who get a Christmas present and go, where's the receipt? We go, oh, how can I use this, right? And so I think adjusting is really, really important as men to, to take the things that life throws at you and to adjust to them. You have cancer, or you have, uh, uh, you know, like I've got stage three, you know, kidney disease out of five. So, you know, how do we adjust and regulate and monitor and change? And I think going through with a life attitude like that is really, really healthy. I don't know that's where that's a great came from. man law, dude. Is that a man law? That what is, is it? You go. Why don't you make up a man law? That is on... a man law. And I, I, when you're saying that, I, I get it because. How many times have you been on a missions trip or a camp trip with teenagers? You got 125 yeah. in, in buses and vans and things are breaking down. What are you going to do? You got to adjust, man. I mean, you have to adjust to that. We've had flat <laughs> two flat tires on two trips in a row it, with, back in the youth ministry Wheel days. We've had going out. to take kids from hospitals and just all sorts of crazy stuff. But in life, yeah, you know, my wife's adjust. my wife's new job is a flight attendant. Massive, massive adjustments adjusting to a new ministry. I think men have to adjust. We, a lot of times as men, we're fixers, and there are things in life that can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. We had Jay Penton on the podcast. You can't fix his daughter's stuff. I mean, we look at our friend Jay Penton, who's a men's ministry leader out in Alabama, sharing the story on our podcast about his daughter being diagnosed with Prader-Willie syndrome and how that affected him. You can't fix that as a man, but you have to adjust to it, right? right. And so men adjust even when we can't fix. That's a great man law, man. It so is. Thank you for that. Yeah, hey, you're welcome. It Mine just, was going to be pivot. You got to be able to pivot. Well, it's the same 
I'm just. Kidding. Are you really gonna? Were you really gonna say that? No, dude. Stop. <laughs> See, liars go to hell. The Bible says that lo- the lake of fire was made for liars, so they I, burn hotter. Tell me how that works down there. <laughs> hey, I really am excited about this uh, best version of man assessment. I want to go through that with you. Last week we ended with the five essentials of manhood in my book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, and those five essentials are protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately. Leading courageously and finishing Absolutely. Strong. But those are such broad categories, it's really hard to track that, and it's really difficult to develop an assessment. So, you know, we looked at the, the three household codes. We talked about that list last week. Uh, we've looked at many different things, but what we came down to was this. There is a section in the Bible that speaks specifically to men, specifically giving them a goal a tactic and a strategy to get there, and those things those are found in the pastoral epistles. Now, pastoral epistles were a, a group of three books that Paul wrote to the early church to help them recruit and develop spiritual leaders. Those pastoral epistles are First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. And so, there are twenty qualifications of leadership. Now, during this era in the first century AD, this was written to men. This was a section where the men were, were, were spoken to directly. And so Gene Getz in his book called The Measure of Man, he says the goal of every man should be to possess these 20 qualities. So what I'm going to do, Dale, is I'm going to list these 20 qualities. I'll list 10 today and 10 next week. And I'm, what we've done is some of the qualities in the Bible are listed are listed negatively. In other words, not something. And so what we had to do is we had to turn them positive and describe what the 20 qualifications actually are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just go through the list in the Bible and what we decided with our assessment. Now, what our assessment is going to do is it will take these 20 categories. It'll break them into four, five subcategories of four, and they will come under the five major categories from my book, Protecting Integrity, Fighting Apathy, Pursuing God Passionately, Leading Courageously, and Finishing Strong. So those five major categories will have four subcategories under them. Those four subcategories times five are the 20 qualifications of leadership in the pastoral epistles. So here they are. The very first one is willing to serve. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, These things you've heard from me in the presence of witnesses, these things entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. So the word that we have there, the key ingredient in in being an elder, being a leader, being a a spiritual force is their willingness to serve. So qualification number one for a spiritual leader is this word, servant. Are you a servant? So servant is the first of 20 qualifications and characteristics that will assess a man. So, And Dale, you actually model that like really, really well. Actually, I think, not to toot my own horn, I think we both model that. Yes. I, I just think you're better. Yes, thank I think you. you're better at that. Thank you for that. So, but I do model that. I mean, I'm a volunteer. I, I have been all my life. So the n- number two category, the Bible calls this one husband of one wife. So the now, if you look at that and you break it down, it really deals with sexual purity. So the word that we put in there is the word fidelity. As a man... Are you practicing fidelity in your marriage? In other words, does your wife have to, you know, 
stop you from twisting your neck at all these girls walking down the street? Are you? Do you look at porn? Do you struggle with lust? You, you know, w- you know. How are you in relationship to your wife and purity? How are you in relation to your wife and being married to other women? Have you been married multiple times? These are all factors that play into uh, your best version of a man. We have a lot of friends who have been divorced, and all of them regret that. Mm-hmm. All of them count that as a failure. So when we look at the husband of one wife, we're saying maintain sexual purity, love one woman, fight for your marriage, and all of these things. That's number two. Number three is, the Bible calls it being respectable or above reproach. The word that we have put in there to describe that, the one word, is reputable. Are you a man who has the highest of reputations? Is your reputation impeccable? And so we want a, you know, we, I know a lot of guys, bro, a lot of church guys too, that have horrible reputations in their communities. Well, but they're at church every Sunday. And so the goal of every man is to be reputable. Number four qualification of a man as we assess our best version is the word, the Bible calls it hospitable. And in our great wisdom and knowledge, we chose the word to describe that as hospitable. <laughs> and hospitable hospitality does not mean inviting people over into your home. That's a part of it. But hospitality is when you're at church talking with your bros and there's a guy on the outer outskirts, do you invite him into your circle? Mm, yeah. When you're at a restaurant, are you willing to go embrace and say hi to somebody you don't necessarily know? Hospitable is are you willing to bring people into your life? It's way bigger than, oh, we have people to our house for dinner. Are you a man who is hospitable? Number five, the Bible uses the word temperate. I don't know about you, bro, but do you ever use the word temperate? No. I don't use that word. So we had to come up with a word that really made more sense to men, and the word that we have is balanced. Hmm. Is your approach to life balanced? Is your approach to health balanced? Is your approach to politics balanced? Is your approach to theology balanced? balanced? Is your approach to all of these things in life balanced? Instead of getting onto these extremes, I'm on social media a lot because I have to be, and I'm scrolling down. I'm just laughing. Some of these guys are so extreme, it's laughable. It's not maintainable. It's a paper fire. It's a social media ruse. It just isn't reality, right? And so do we have a balanced approach to life? Number six in our qualifications of leadership and as our measurements of a man is being sensible or prudent. Now that word prudent, the one word that we have used to describe that is the word wise. Are you making wise choices? Years ago, I shot a bear in a real bad part of Oregon and it was across a canyon, made a 375 yard shot. The bear ran downhill and we were trying to get across the canyon. We just couldn't get across the canyon. My cousin was trying to force his way through. It's getting dark. I say, hey, we're going to come back in the morning because that animal's down. It's a cool evening. And he said, well, I don't think that's the best idea, but it is prudent. You know, it's wise. And he should thank me because the next morning walking in, he killed a trophy black bear. So are you a man who is wise? Number seven, teach and defend doctrine. So the one word description there is teacher. Do you feel comfortable defending what you believe? Do you know your doctrine well? Are you able to articulate it to those who don't believe? And are you able to teach it to those who do believe? And if somebody were to say to you, hey, Joe, 
We want you to lead a Bible say, would you be willing to do that? That should be the aspiration of every man. Every man should know the Word of God better than anyone in his family. Number eight, not addicted to substances. The Bible says wine, but not addicted to substances. The one word that we have there is the word moderation. You know, I know guys that put a chew in their mouth at 7 in the morning and don't take it out till 11 at night. That's a problem if you're a believer. I know believers that have tolerance to alcohol. That's a problem. I know believers that are addicted to many, you know, substances. This whole medical marijuana thing in Oregon. I'm like, what is the reason behind this for you? Moderation. So I'm not saying don't use these things, don't do these things. I'm saying we need to be really moderate in our approach to what we're putting in our body. Number nine is not self-willed or outwardly focused. In other words, the word that we put there, Dale, is the word selfless. Selfless. When you're having conversations with people, uh, when you're, you know, when you're dealing with uh, others, are you selfless in your outlook? You know, C.S. Lewis once said, "Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less." So, when we're talking about not being self-willed, we're talking about putting a forward focus or an outward focus towards other people. And number ten, we'll end on this one today, Dale, is not quick-tempered. So, when we look at not quick-tempered, we have to go, okay, what is an opposite word we can use there? And the word that we've used, and this is where I scored real bad, I scored real bad on this one, Dale, (laughs) is the word patient. Are you patient or are you quick-tempered? And I definitely, uh, you have me hands down on this one, my man. So the 10 words are servant, fidelity, reputable, hospital, balanced, wise, teacher, moderation, selfless, and patient. We will tackle the next 10 next week. Drive us home, Dale. Yeah, guys, go on over to meninthearena.org and get your free copy of Guts and Manhood for a limited time. So until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. Equipping men in 10. From Men in the Arena, if you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.